This is Broke No More, a podcast where we talk about making financial decisions that shape a just, humane, and sustainable world. Hi, this is Z, a person who's transitioning to become a pescatarian. And this is L, and I can cook a vegan karikare without the mix. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hi, L. This is the part two of how society influences your money habits. We are still with Patricia Matute, the executive director of Thai Awards Foundation, and she is also a sociology graduate from the University of the Philippines, Los Baños. Hi, Trish. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me again. Yes, it's been one week. Yes, it's been one quite a productive productive week for me. Hope it was productive for you too. Yeah, so productive week without um spending, right? I mean, without shopping or Lazada. <laughs> yes, I didn't shop um online for this week, so I'm very happy about that. I didn't, I didn't buy from the nine nine promo of. Every small business and every Lazada ad that I see on Facebook. So I'm really happy. So um, going back to our topic of last episode, we stopped at the, or the last question was about comparing the financial capacity of those who are in the rural area and those who live in the city, especially here in Metro Manila. So right now, because we are global citizens, <laughs> uh, the next question will be more on why would traveling to other countries be a mark of richness? Ooh, um, you could always travel. You could you could go to places. But the thing about that is we post them online. Mm-hmm. You remember our conversation about conspicuous consumption and our obsession over brands? Traveling doesn't necessarily have a brand, but it turns into, I think... Well, at least for me, it translates into a conspicuous consumption when we started posting them online. And you would always see that on Instagram, people put, putting small flags on their, I guess, on their featured stories or even in their smart small bio, like 81 out of X number of countries traveled. And so again, there's a level of prestige for people to say that they are they have traveled a lot. Because by the end of the day, yes, it's a you know, it's a exposure on several cultures that you might not have even heard of from before, from you know, from the backyard of your well for me, from my small backyard here in the Philippines. We are an archipelagic country. We don't share boundaries with other countries and so the limit of cultural exchanges is very low you only get to for for us filipinos we get to meet someone from a different country if they're traveling or if we are in school and they're exchange students or whatever um and so for us traveling is yes it's a cultural thing but by the end of the day, you spend money too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who are, you know, always at the hunt for that next piece of sale, you know that countries have their own price ranges too. 
when you when you mention the, the for those people who are always on the lookout for the piece of sale I'm not looking at you, but you know, it's a self-introspection because I also do that, Z. So you're safe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's not just the price tag of flights, but also that level of prestige that if you go to a certain type of country, you would you could, you know, estimate how much that person earns or how much that person has in their bank account because, you know, some countries have visa uh requirements some of them have basic requirements for you to even get a pass how much more buy a ticket and spend some money there when you go book for flights or for your hotels for your trip packages and whatever and so that conversation heightens up when you know you start posting them online because you're mm-hmm. making it public you're making people see that i'm able to experience this because at at a certain at a certain level of my life i was able to afford it mm. and um you know at the at the time of heavy social media engagement sometimes the game is how well your photos are taken and how many areas you've been in exactly and so you know it just like you said it it exudes that level of You know, I'm rich. I'm capable of going to several countries and not think about too much about work. You know, that's the usual. If you would see it on ads currently, like be able to work remotely and travel across the countries. Yeah, <laughs> I always and, see those ads. Yeah, you know, also me. I guess you know the the analytics of ads probably got me in looking at several instagram pages with nice travel photos and so for me it it all boils back to conspicuous consumption that i know that that need to look a certain way even not it's not unnecessarily a need yeah i was just thinking about the time when i was saving for a trip in japan If you mm-hmm. can remember, uh, for the yeah. listeners out there, I worked with Trish for a year, so she knows how much I have to save to go to a trip in Japan. I was just eating a biscuit <laughs> for lunch, avoiding um, grab. Dr- uh, I avoided a lot of eat outs just for me to go to Japan yeah. to pay for the visa. And I think it reminded me of conspicuous consumption because it's something that I know I could not afford, but it can bring me happiness and it can bring me a sense of fulfillment that I have made it to Japan. But there's nothing wrong. I I, I want to balance it out. There's nothing wrong with traveling. There's nothing wrong with Uh, going to place that if you want to go, it's just mm-hmm. that being wise in saving money and spending it. Because by the end of the day, if you've starved yourself to, you know, for example, for UZ to get to Japan, then after going to the to Japan, your health is compromised because of all that biscuits you've been eating. Yeah, you might have to reconsider like your priorities. That we don't want your health to be at risk just for you to get to that destination if not just your health but also your job security it it you you know that that 
thinking that um, quit your day job and just work remotely. Mm-hmm. That's a privilege that not everyone gets. Exactly. You know, a lot um, pre-pandemic, a lot of people who are actually doing work from home would still be look on the lookout for a more secure job in an office or someplace else. And just deciding on that, not just on, you know, what you eat, but leaving work or quitting work just for you to travel it's a question of wisdom and a question of strategy is it wise enough for me to actually leave work and start traveling because you know it's the high life going from one country to another but you have to ask yourself at the long term would this actually result to me having a better chance at life not just surviving but actually striving so yeah I think that what's important as well is to reconsider the the reason why you want to travel to make sure that you're traveling just to satisfy your um interests or maybe to quench your curiosity about other countries because of the media that we consume or the the experiences we had we have um certain goals or certain countries or places that we really want to go because we want to experience the culture or interact with the people firsthand. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just to make sure that you are traveling for your happiness again and not to please um, other people or not just to post something on Instagram that would boost your ego. Well, if you're earning from it, then why not? But then (laughs) if not, if you're just spending and the the only compensation is just a a short... um, ego boost for you then i think um you may need to reflect for this weekend <laughs> with regards to that yeah and, yeah and yeah. i have a few questions because you ladies you have traveled a lot as well and do you always buy pasalubong to your friends um pasalubong to our foreign listeners out there pasalubong is like a souvenir that you bring technically yeah. So, do you bring pasalubong to your friends uh, after you visited a country or a province? Mm-hmm. Oh? Uh, for me, it depends. When I was younger, I always bring um, pasalub- pasalubong. And sometimes it's uh, um, knickknacks that you don't really use, like keychains, magnets, and things like that. Especially when I was studying, because in some way, I gave, uh, I gave it to my professors, you know, to just have a sense of, uh, I remembered you. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't fail me. Like, so, but I, I, I'm not on the bridge of failing naman, so it's fine. But now, I, what when I buy pasalubong, I make it a point that I buy food instead of the trinkets that you don't really use. Because I think sharing the food of a country or a place is a far better um gift to someone mm-hmm. than um a, a keychain that they will not really use. Or if they're not into collecting magnets, then might as well um, not buy that. So I make it a point to just buy something that they can use. And I have a friend wherein she has a pencil collection. So mm-hmm. whenever I buy a uh, pasalubong for it's always a pencil. So something that's uh, really catered to the person that you are, you would like to share that experience with. Exactly. For me, it's the same. So I, I, I give food as small pasalubong. Um, and I try to be as unique as I can. Um, unique yet edible. Y- you know what I mean? I, I can mm-hmm. because by the end of the day, I 
like like what Elle said, I want them to use or to make use of it. So one of the easiest things would be to actually buy food for them. And I try to be as unique. Like I, I would ask myself, you know, the usual thing that, okay, I'll just buy from duty free. But the thing is, they actually have access to that. I mean, why would I even buy that from a different country if we could have it in the Philippines or if we have it better? So for me, um, where, where did I travel <laughs> the last the last time that I traveled I barely bought actually I when I traveled abroad to Hong Kong and you got, um, I asked you to buy me shoes yes I bought I bought you guys shoes because I saw <laughs> cheap outlet stores in where is that in Macau so I bought those but I didn't actually buy food because First, I don't know what is best that really reflects Hong Kong. There are stuff, but they weren't open when we were about to fly out of Hong Kong. And most of my local trips, that's what, you know, that's why what I enjoy with the work that I do. Most of the traveling I do is for work. And it's not outside, it's not overseas, but it's in different regions and different provinces in the country. And that's where I really invest a lot of my money because I want my parents and my sister to try several delicacies from various island groups. And so, for example, in Camigin, I would buy the pastel, the pastel pastry that we have. It's like a small, it's a big ball of pastry filled with custard. Mm-hmm. And it's a local delicacy in Kamigin. Or if I go to, say, Iloilo, I would try to look for a local pastry store. If mm-hmm. only I could buy the frozen molo. Molo is like yeah. a small dim sum in a hot broth soup. If only I could buy that, I would want to bring that back here at home. Because, you know, I want them to experience the local culture that we don't easily get access to as a family. But for my usual pasalubong, for my mom, her only request is a ref magnet because she wants to decorate a refrigerator with magnets that we've been in because from her, she said, like, we're the ones that could travel in places that she only wished she could. So I guess at that little piece of magnet, she would say, huh, my, my, my daughter has been here. So she could tell stories about that once I go back home and I share that story. And then she would share those stories to her comadres or to her friends or to my titos and titas. But for my friends, it's not a requirement, especially that we don't really see each other that often compared to when we were in college because of all our schedules. If I still have stuff, why not? But when we meet, it's just, you know, a small catch up, probably sharing of photos, sharing of experiences. So when they go and travel to that place, they would know where to go and look for it. But on Pasulubong, it's not a high requirement for, for my friends. Yeah. So whenever I travel as well, I buy my Lola some mags. But she's a mug collector. And I bring you guys food. Thank you, Z, for all your chocolates and for mochi, for Lara's Thai milk tea, which we barely have used. It's still in the office. It's Oh, no, I brought some here. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Because, you know, it's a good thing because we don't usually mix our own drinks. It's Z who does that a lot in the Mm -hmm. office. So 
Okay, thank you, Z, for taking that off our chest. <laughs> I brought some home because I love Thai tea. So sometimes we bring pasalubong to our loved ones to share that moment, right? Okay, so moving on to the next topic, let's dive in deeper to the green financial literacy part of how society influences our money habits. Is there any concepts in the Filipino culture that has green financial literacy? Because um, growing up as an Ilocana, I always hear people say that, oh, you must be kuripot. But then, when I went to Iloilo, my family keeps on saying, oh, you might not be kuripot anymore. Um, I guess at, at that level, now that I remember it, there are certain groups of Filipinos that are labeled as kuripot or those who are more tight on how they spend their finances. I'm not sure where that is coming from. But you know how how they would say, for my fellow Filipinos here, you say, if you're kapampangan, you know really good food and you cook great food. If you're bicolano or bicolana, you're okay with spicy food. You, you could handle spice well. If you're bisaya, you're matapang or you're, you're mm-hmm. very courageous and you're very, very brave. Um, for Ilocano, you're very stingy on your expenses mm. or on how you, you give out money. Uh, I'm not sure where that is coming from, honestly. But for me, for for green financial literacy, the best example, well, the best and the worst example I could think of in our culture would be our excessive use of plastic. Why is it the best example? You would see a lot of refrigerators and a lot of cabinets featuring a lot of cans and plastic containers of previously ice cream containers or previously tin cans of biscuits now filled possibly with the tin can of biscuits would turn into um, a sewing kit. Mm. Or possibly for kids would turn them into a small knickknacks tin can or for those who are using the plastic ice cream containers in the refrigerators. Uh, once the ice cream is up, they would use it as containers for spoiled or food for, you know, for um, giving to the dogs or for um, recycling. And so that's the best example. We try to make use of, you know, containers and reuse them as we see fit. We don't usually put them into trash right away and even for my mom whenever we go grocery shopping if we don't have our our reusable bags with us she would be so open in asking for extra plastic bags because she would say i'd use it for the trash can because we don't buy our plastic you know our plastic trash bags already we use our previously used plastic bags for that but then, why am I saying it? It's the worst also. Same as what I just said. We usually ask for extras when it comes to plastic bags and oh, yeah. plastic storages. Um, we, you know, our, our obsession over sachets and plastic packaging, even if it's not necessarily needed for like fruits and vegetables, you would see it in supermarkets and now even in markets where they wrap it in several layers of plastic 
even if it's you know it's just for you to carry back home so yeah i guess for me that's the best and the worst green financial literacy practice that we do here i think it uh we are really like ingrained to make the most of our money like to make the most of our money if we can get free stuff then we would really um think of getting that free stuff diba uh, like in a hotel yeah. just get all yeah. those free and mini version of uh, shampoo conditioner yeah and i think one of our culture as well is pagpasa culture the clothes of my ate yeah. will be used uh, i will use and i will pass it to my siblings and mm-hmm. eventually it will be passed to our kapitbahays yeah so, yeah, yeah. I, i have tons of cousins And we usually do that because, well, we are quite blessed on having a lot of females in the family. So most of the dresses that I receive are from my sister. But once I outgrew them, I give it to the next in line. <laughs> And even for uniforms, even for yes, like at exactly. school. Whenever, if we know one of our kapitbahays studied this area, we'd probably ask for their outgrown uniforms just so we could save a bit of money from that. Yeah. Um. So really, um, like this value, this green financial literacy concept, is not really that um foreign for the Filipino culture. Maybe we just have to go back to our roots or go back to the reason why we're doing the things that we're doing now. Well, of course, we're, ano, we're influenced by fast fashion, by the disposable culture. When we look back, these concept of saving money is really grounded on Filipino values. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, Trish, you've joined us for two episodes of Broke No More. And just like what we did with our guests, we're going to have some quick fire praises wherein you're just going to say what's on top of your mind as you complete some of the, the praises that we'll be um, saying. Are you okay, okay. I'm, okay. I'm not sure, but let's do it. <laughs> okay. So for the first question, green financial literacy is blank. Needed. Very short. It's needed. Uh, that's why we're doing the podcast as well. Um, the next phrase would be the best sustainable switch you made. I'm working on it. The Luna Cup. Oh, menstrual cups. We've discussed that in, an, in another episode, right? Yes, it I'm looking forward because <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. Next question. Um, what is the sustainable switch you're looking forward to? Switching to a healthier, like a pescetarian or vegan days of eating consumption. Yes. Yeah, and I can share some of the recipe that I I tried um recently. And also you can follow us on our social media chan- channel. We're going to have a foodie Friday. Where we feature some of the food that we've been eating that are more sustainable and also cheaper for the pocket or will not. That's nice. And um, the next question is: What is your favorite organization or company? My favorite organization is, of course, my team, Kaya Awards Foundation. <laughs> my favorite company, I'm not sure yet. I have like I I really suck at favorites. L. 
I don't have I don't even have a favorite color or like a favorite food. So um I guess the team that I'm obsessing now would be this is a you know free ads. I hope you could give me one box. But Gising 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 is a small farm to table I guess initiative where if you buy one box so they curate a box of vegetables and fruits mm-hmm. for you that has like say um, immunity boosting capacities so if you buy one box they match that one box and give it to the less um, fortunate people so um, say one box worth is worth 650 pesos with various immune immune boosting veggies and fruits they deliver it deliver it right at your house with no plastic so they use a reusable box so yeah mm-hmm. it's something that you know i'm getting obsessed with at the moment okay so for the next question who is your sustainability hero or inspiration my sustainability hero again with the favorites guys i i don't really, i'm not really good at this top of mind just on the top of your mind yeah when, when we say top of mind i would think like five people in various yeah, different so sectors just name, okay. name the five people okay one person is think. you l come on why would you even think of other person i uh, i think of <laughs> l because you know this z she's the one who pushes us to go vegan and yeah. actually question our choices when we go buy takeout food like oh no Trisha there's plastic and so yep. um, that's you because at, at the most practical levels you try to be as eco-friendly and green lit friendly as you can and then my, my next would be Pam Mejia from Fibers her use of textiles of mm-hmm. used textiles and bringing them back to and you giving them new life as new products is something so amazing for me. The next would be Francis Soliano, who's a trash and artist making mm-hmm. fashion out of trash. So those are my three top sustainability idols. Okay, thank you. And aside from those three, uh, who else should we follow on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or any other social media channels that you're following? Oh, if if. Uh... I know you're not running out of those ideas. You keep on sharing a lot of accounts to me. Yeah. Top of uh, mind. Oh my god. <laughs> this this. Really, okay. Yeah, it's it's a struggle for me. Um, follow Mad Market or Mad Travel and A D M A R K E T. They're a small startup where they create solutions for indigenous groups in Zambales and other areas of the country. So uh, at the time of quarantine and pandemic, they're helping our IP groups and some small farmers in Mindanao and in key areas here in Luzon by offering fresh produce in very, very aesthetic ways. I mean, you, it's an eye candy. Their their account is very eye candy. I guess the the next account that you should follow is one that is led by another female leader who's based in Bataan. It's from the wild. So it, it's co-founded by one of my friends, very dear friends from my city, which is Kami. So they have several projects up in mind from, you know, accessories to fresh honey 
to even Macamer products that is done by our IP communities in Bataan. So they're all very um, sustainably done with eco-friendliness and even budget in mind. Okay, and now let's talk about movies. Can you share to us one or two movies that we should watch? Movies, you should check. It's a French film. I'm not sure if it's already on Netflix, but in English, it is translated into The Intouchables. It's a good story of, you know, friendship and life in general. I think that's it for me. I don't have my second suggestion. Okay. It's too good of a movie for me, The Intouchables, that it doesn't, you know, another movie won't make it. The Intouchables, which is a French film. Yeah. Now, for the last question for our quickfire would be, what is the memory that keeps you going? The memory that you go back whenever you're feeling hopeless or whenever you're feeling like what you're doing doesn't matter. You know, these questions are for Miss Universe candidates and I'm far from a Miss Universe candidate, so this isn't quickfire for me. <laughs> I would always go back. My favorite memory would always be of my dad. Whenever I, you know, just a small snippet of me singing uh, a commercial from TV, when I was young, he would always clap, like literally clap and say, ah, you're such an angel. So for me, whenever I lack inspiration or whenever like I feel like I'm not capable of doing it, I always go back to how my dad supports me. Even at the littlest things, just seeing a small commercial song while washing the dishes, he'd love it. So what more about small advocacies and um, passion projects that I'm doing? So yeah. Yeah, thank you, Trish, for that, um, for sharing that wonderful memory with us. And just to give a recap of our episode for today, um, this is the part two of how society um, affects uh, us as an individual. And today, we learned that we really have to do things because it makes us truly happy and not just to comply with societal standards because most of the time, those societal standards are not will not endanger other people so it's fine to just be who you are and stay true to yourself and do the things that matter for you and another thing that we've learned today would be to try to share your experiences with other people than material things so we um talk about us when we talk about um pasalubong the concept of pasalubong and lastly that um, green financial literacy is really a part of our Filipino culture. We're just putting um, a definition towards these practices, which leads us to, to wise decision-making towards our money while saving for a sustainable world. Exactly. Thank you for giving the recap, L. Do you have anything to say, Trish, to our listeners? Yeah, one last thing. Just don't be pressured. Try to think through the haze of pressure when it comes to deciding on what you buy, what you consume, and what you believe in. What Trish said is actually the topic in a nutshell. So, thank you so much for listening to Broke No More. You can reach us at Instagram and Facebook at Broke No More GFL and also email us at Broke No More GFL at gmail.com. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, this is a reminder to put your, our money where our heart is. Bye.